<laughs> All right. Uh, welcome back to the big program. Nine o'clock in Edmonton. Uh, Kevin Carey show on Sports 1440. And we welcome in our Tuesday co-host from Palm Desert, Grant Fuhr. Good morning, Grant. Uh, how was the weekend? And, you know, American Thanksgiving uh, must have been a, a scene down in Palm Desert for you. Uh, you know what? It was a good weekend. A little bit of food, lots of golf. So, yeah, actually a pretty good weekend. How many rounds of golf did you get in? Oh, I think I played four out of five days. <laughs> so, just a little bit. Uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I think we're still golfing. Uh, I think last weekend, guys, were still golfing up here at uh, Terra Pines, if you can believe it. Your buddy, Lynn, and then all those guys are still golfing up here. I don't know how they do it, but. Oh, no. They'll, they'll golf right until it's right around zero. Yeah. So, it's, hey, if it's above zero or above, it's a good day for golf. Oh, for sure. How, how many uh, different courses did you play? What were, what were some of the tracks you played? Uh, how many different ones did we play? We played three different ones. So, played a private one down here at Toscana, which is really nice. Played out of Desert Dunes. Mm-hmm. Played Desert Willow with my son. So, it was good. And American Thanksgiving, uh, can you kind of give us a rundown what, uh, I guess, you and Lisa and all the, I guess, the kids and all the family kind of did? Uh, what was it like down there for you? Yeah, we went over to Lisa's daughter's and we sat at home and watched the Green Bay game. I wasn't moving till that was over. So once that was over, we went over to their place and watched the Cowboys game and had some dinner and a little bit of visiting and then back home. Hmm. Um, you know, it's such a, again, football, you always, I, when you see John Madden on, and on, on Thanksgiving, they all, you know, all three networks, you know, separate networks were kind of honoring John Madden, football, friends, uh, football, family, and food. I guess that kind of, that wraps it up in a nutshell, doesn't it? It does. And then you add shopping in the next day, it becomes <laughs> Black Friday down here and that's the start of the Christmas season. So the world gets crazy starting right about now through the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a really good time. So uh, were you able, uh, Grant, to have a, a peek at some of the Oilers games? I mean, they played, uh, you know, Friday on the Black Friday day, as you were talking about shopping, but they played in Washington. That was a big game. And then uh, then Sunday night against Anaheim. Have a chance to have a look at those games? I've seen the highlights of them. Yep. They look good in both games. I mean, they did a lot of really good things in both games. And I... The Anaheim game, I kind of like the bounce back. I think that was big for the team, and they did a good job of that. And they've got a real test coming up tonight. Mm-hmm. What do you uh, What are you looking forward most to tonight's game against Vegas? I think to see what the compete levels like. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows Vegas is a good hockey team, and they're playing good hockey. So I look, I'm looking forward to seeing how hard the Oilers compete. I think that's going to say a lot as to where they're at. And they've looked better the last couple of games, but you, all of a sudden you're going to play a really good hockey team right now. So it'll be a good benchmark to see. What did you make of Stu Skinner against Anaheim? Because did you think he was fighting the puck a little bit at the start of the game and then how he kind of turned it around against the Ducks? Yeah, probably not the start he was looking for, but at the same time, he found it. And that's what you want. And then you can struggle at the start, but as long as you find it and you make some saves that turn the game around, and that's what Stu did. He made a couple of saves and let the Oilers' offense get on track, and they bounced up back and got a big win. So last night Vegas played uh, in Calgary, lost 2-1 in overtime. It was a pretty good game. You saw uh, two good goaltenders go at it last night in Aiden Hill and uh, Dan Vladar. I think the Oilers will will 
you know, in all likelihood in a back-to-back, we're going to see uh, Logan Thompson tonight. What can you tell our listeners about what kind of goaltender Logan Thompson is for Vegas? Well, Logan Thompson's a battler. I mean, if you look at the start of last year, it was Logan Thompson that was carrying the Knights. Mm-hmm. And until he got hurt, I mean, he was going to be the guy going into the playoffs. So you're going to see a good goaltender. I think that's the one thing people don't realize is, yeah, Aiden Hill's playing well and he played great in the playoffs last year, but you also have to remember Logan Thompson was the guy. So you're not seeing a guy that's just a backup goalie. He's that one. And they have a one, a, they've got a one, a one B. So he's right now he's in that one B spot, but very capable. Do you think, um, I mean, Vegas is having trouble scoring goals right now. I have no, no one seems to know why Grant, but does that, is that putting extra pressure on, on Hill and Thompson? That just means you got to make it the extra save here and there. I mean, you look at Vegas filled the net for the first part of the year. So everybody goes through a little bit of a dry spell. They just hit that dry spell. So I expect that Stu's probably going to see a lot of traffic in his face because mm-hmm. that's one way you get out of a slump of not being able to score goals is you get a lot of bodies to the net. You look for pucks bouncing off of legs. You look for the ugly goals. So I think you'll see a lot of that from Vegas tonight. Do you think, you know, the Oilers lost to Vegas last year in the playoffs? It was close, two games to two. Uh, if not for a couple of lapses in games five and six, things very well could have turned out uh, the other way for the Oilers. But do, do players, do teams look back at something that happened last year in the playoffs and go, you know, tonight we got them, we, we want to make a statement kind of thing? They'll never tell you that. But, yeah, you definitely want to – you look at the team that beat you the year before and – you'd like to send a message to them that you're ready for them and that you're able to compete with them. So and if you looked at that series, that series was closer than what the end result actually was. So I expect it to be a pretty competitive game. I expect it to be a fairly chippy game as well. Do you think it's going to be chippy because of what happened with Alex Petrangelo, Leon Dreisaitl? Uh, that's, everybody has long memories. I think that's the one thing about the game of hockey. People have long memories and, the two teams definitely had a dislike for each other by the end of the playoffs last year. So now you have a strange feeling that could carry forward a little bit. Uh, Grant Fuhrer with us on Sports 1440. So Grant, how does a team handle that? Like, do you go, maybe we're going to give, lean on Mark Stone or maybe lean on Jonathan Marchessault or or Jack Eichel? Or do you just kind of wade into the game and see how it plays out? I think you want to establish what you want to do more than anything. If you sit back and let Vegas establish how they want to play, you're playing into their hands. I think you want to take the game to Vegas and force them on their heels right away. And whether it's finishing your checks on their best players, you just you want to make it hard on them, being as they played last night as well. So the harder game you can make it, the easier you're going to make it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Grant Freer with us on Sports 40, our co-host from 9 to 11 every Tuesday. So, uh, Grant, we had uh, Coachella Valley played uh, Bakersfield on Saturday. It was a 4-2 victory. And I guess for our listeners that don't know yet that you do the color for uh, Coachella Valley on the home game. So uh, that was an away game. But what did you see from that uh, that game as far as the goaltending situation with Jack Campbell playing uh, gave up three goals, I guess, 33 saves. What did you see in that game? Yeah, I thought Jack actually played pretty well. I mean, we're a good road team. Right? We've had our struggles at home, but we're 7-1 and one on the road now. So mm-hmm. we're playing good hockey on the road. And going into Bakersfield, Bakersfield always plays us tough. And we knew it was going to be a hard game. And our guys played extremely well. And Bakersfield hung around. And I thought Jack kept them in the game for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, is he starting to find his way a little bit down there? What are you seeing? 
I think his last couple of games, he's played pretty well. He came off the five, nothing shutout. So and he played, I mean, yeah, they lost against us, but at the same time he played better. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want to see. You want to see improvement. You want to see the compete. And we saw that in that game. Yeah. They didn't get the result they wanted, but he played better. So I think he's starting to get some confidence back and starting to figure things out a little bit. So, uh, Manny Legacy, uh, there's a, you know, I think Elliot Friedman broke that story on the weekend, the fact that Manny Legacy is going to go down uh, and is down in, in uh, Bakersfield to kind of work with, with Jack Campbell because they've worked together before. What will that dynamic, what's that relationship like bringing in, a, I guess, a guy that's not within your own team, your own franchise, your own organization? What, how will that work? Uh, you know what? They want Jack to be as good as he can be. So whether it's using somebody in the organization, whether it's bringing in his own guy, I mean, you want the best out of Jack and you want the best for Jack. So depending on whatever scenario the Oilers are looking at, they want him to play well again. So if it means bringing Manny in and Jack's comfortable with him and get some confidence off of that, then it's a good move. What would be some of the main points, main things that he would work on with Jack down there, and it, would it be more mental? I guess it's probably half and half. Yeah, I mean they have a working relationship. That's the biggest thing. So Jack's got confidence in Manny, and a lot of it is believing what you're hearing and trusting what you're hearing. And they've got chemistry together. Jack was pretty successful working with them the one year going into Toronto. So I expect that they'll have a good rapport right away. And it's Jack trusts Manny. And sometimes that's all it takes is somebody that you trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant Fuhr with us on uh, Sports 1440. So Grant, Monday our co-host is Lorianne Munzer, Olympic gold medalist in cycling, uh, mindset coach. So I was kind of asking her, like, uh, how long, like, what does it have to take? Like, in the mindset for Jack and his play, when do you know, when do you feel, how does the organization make that move uh, decide when when or if Jack is ready to get recalled here because, I mean, th- this next recall is, is pretty big, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely big for the organization. I mean, you're going to know by how he's carrying himself and how he's playing down in Bakersfield. I mean, I think that's, that's going to be the biggest thing is that they're going to watch Jack pretty closely and you'll see if he starts to feel it and starts to play good he'll carry himself differently and you'll notice that right away. You'll notice how the guys in front of him are playing. They'll play differently because they'll sense it. So it's, it's just gonna be a matter of time before he, he'll either find it or he won't. Mm -hmm. How's that protocol work Grant? Like would, so do they go, okay, if he gets three, four good games in a row, then we'll go, uh, you know, you know, they're on the road here after these home games. The Oilers' schedule sort of sets up. It's a checkerboard style. There are no back-to-backs till late in the month of December, right before Christmas. So I guess what's the process protocol on, on what, how, when you think about, you know, recalling a goaltender with the situation that's happened here so far? Well, I think you'd like to see him play seven or eight really good games. Okay. I mean, he's played two in a row now, so you'd like to see another probably half a dozen where it looks like he's playing with confidence, where he's able to carry the Bakersfield team for a little bit. And I think if he can put a good string of games together, then maybe you bring him back and have a look. Mm-hmm. 
speaking of goaltenders, we were talking about it last week just with the situation in Seattle. That's the parent team of uh, Coachella Valley running into some injuries. So what's the situation with the goaltending not only in, in Seattle but then in Coachella Valley because uh, the goalies really would you thought you would see at the start of the year aren't the goalies that are there right now? Yeah, we got lucky. Everybody's healthy now. So we got Chris back the other day and he'll play tomorrow night. We've got San Jose in here tomorrow night. So I'm pretty sure that Chris will play tomorrow night. And he's had a phenomenal year. Uh, You look at Joey in Seattle. Joey's played phenomenal in Seattle. So, I mean, everybody's healthy and everybody's playing good. And Alex Stetchka, who's our other goaltender, is starting to find his way now. It's his first year playing in the small rink in North America. So Mm -hmm. he's starting to find his way now and starting to play well. So as an organization, everybody's pretty happy. Well, how would you, I guess, rank the organizational depth with Seattle, Coachella Valley, and the goaltending department? Obviously, Grubauer is going to be the one guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the big dollars. He's playing good this year. So then Joey would be two. Chris would be three. Alice should be four. Jack LaFontaine would be five. So we've, we've got a little bit of depth. I mean, our depth is young. But at the same time, we've got three very capable goalies that could play at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane Wright got called up to Seattle for a few games. Back now with Coachella Valley. Uh, how's he been performing, I guess, uh, with the Birds? Shane's been good. I mean, he's what's he up to now? I think he's seven or eight goals now. So he's he's on pace to score 40 this year. So he's played pretty well for us. He's played extremely well on the road, which is kind of – been our team as a whole as we've played extremely well on the road and we're having a little bit of a tough time at home scoring goals and what it is we're not really sure whether it's trying to play a little too pretty and we play a little bit differently on the road from what I've watched that it's a little simpler game on the road so they just have to play that little bit simpler game it might not be as fancy but it's more successful at home and always want to get an update on a local product, Cam Hughes. Uh, a couple of uh, helpers, I believe, against uh, Bakersfield on the weekend. But uh, how is his play continuing to uh, develop, I guess, with the Firebirds? Cam's been great. I mean, he had a great playoff last year. I mean, everybody was worried he hadn't scored any goals. But it, I think at one point he was leading the team with 17 assists. So he shows up on the score sheet. I mean, a lot of times everybody's looking, well, who's scoring the goals? Who's scoring the goals? Well, we're not really about who's scoring the goals. If it's spread out, that's even better. But Cam always seems to chip in. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's having a great year right now that's kind of gone under the radar. Is he, I mean, depending on injuries, I mean, that's what you're always talking about. Is he close to getting a recall to Seattle or, or is it just the fact that they've got enough depth there and he's, you know, not exactly a big player. He's a little bit undersized. But what are the opportunities uh, there for Cam Hughes, Grant? Well, I think we've got a ton of talent and a ton of depth in the organization. Mm-hmm. So as a forward, I mean, right now, I think I just recalled Andrew Podolarski, who's a two-time American League scoring champion. So Andrew's been up and down here in the last 10 days. So he's back up there right now. And I think if Cam keeps playing as well as he is playing, then there's that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we've probably got half a dozen guys that could fit into Seattle's lineup at any given time. And it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Grant Fuhr with us on Sports 1440. When we come back, we will uh, preview a little more of the Oilers and Vegas Golden Knights game with uh, Paul Della Santos from the Hockey News uh, covering the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, that's coming up right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. 
All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now, during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to $225 on select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until December the 16th. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in Paul De Los Santos from the Hockey News, covering uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Paul, you're with Kevin Carius and the Hockey Hall of Famer, Grant Fuhr. Welcome to Sports 1440. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, I'm glad to be here. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, first of all, just uh, what did you see from last night's game? The Golden Knights lose in overtime, two-one in Calgary. A goal by Mackenzie Weger with five seconds uh, left in OT. Everyone thought it was going to a shootout, but uh, what was your take on how the Golden Knights performed last night in Calgary? You know, they didn't do too bad. I think Bruce Cassidy said it best after the game that they were in the game. They were in the game to win it if they finished. I'm chances they had and that was a big thing that's been playing the Golden Knights recently is that they haven't been finishing their chances I mean they have scored less than two goals in the last four games and it's kind of been troubling to see them the offense kind of dry up a little bit in terms of in terms of everything else but defensively they're fine you know I mean they're doing their they're doing their job it's just it feels like they're just not scoring Grant yeah on that side of it Paul What's been the big difference between the start of the year and now in their offense production? You know, I think it's just, I think part of it is, I think part of it is that teams are just, you know, I think it's just part of the game. It's just, they're not getting the bounce that they need. And I think it's also a confidence thing. I think the first, I think after, I think part of it is that the confidence is not there right now and they're just not doing the things they did in the early part of the season where they're scoring. And it's just, it's just knowing Bruce Cassidy, he's going to try and put the players in position to get those grade A chances. Instead of just kind of saying, you know, they'll work their way out of it. I think he's going to try to work to see if they can find a better shot lane or just do something better offensively because it really feels like they're just not getting the bounces that feel that are needed sometimes to score goals. And then that is kind of the big, that's kind of the big thing right now for them. Paul Delisanos from the Hockey News is our guest on Sports 1440, covers the Vegas Golden Knights. So going into this game tonight, uh, a back-to-back for the Golden Knights, Paul, what are your expectations for a team that has struggled to score? Do you think they try to lock things down as as much as they can against uh, you know the likes of Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl and a pretty potent Oilers uh, offensive team, at least in the last couple of games? Yeah, I think I think they just feel that their defensive structure is going to carry them and keep them in games. I think that's the big thing is that they they have been in most of the games that the last four games that they've been in. I mean, outside of they haven't been blown out in any game, and that's mm-hmm. the big thing to really look look at is that defensively they're fine, and the problem is that more shots are getting through. And I think outside of the Pittsburgh game, you know, not a lot of teams have broken down the Vegas Golden Knights and Edmonton. I feel has the offensive capabilities to do so. I feel that they're, I feel that they have to shut down naturally Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. But at the same time, it's kind of like you know Vegas. Vegas is feeling okay about their game. They're not feeling great about it, but they're they're they feel that they can win games based on their defensive structure. But overall, they're just not finishing, and that's going to be that's hard to win hockey games. As Bruce Cassidy does say, when you score one goal. Hey Grant, what do you like about uh, the Vegas Golden Knights' uh, defensive structure and kind of how they uh, move the puck quite quickly and things like that? Well, that's that's one of the things that you see them do extremely well. Is the puck doesn't stay in their end very long. Once they've got it, that first pass has been really good, and it creates a lot of their offense where the quick transition. And if you're sloppy in your own end, Vegas is going to wear you down, and they're going to get some opportunities and. 
they've been very good at that through the first part of the year. And I expect that that's going to continue where they're going to take advantage of your mistakes. That's what they did very well at the start of the year. And they might've gotten away from it a little bit, but at the same time, it's only a matter of time before that starts to click again. Uh, Paul, can you kind of uh, touch on that as well? And then also kind of branch off into the situation with Shea Theodore in the back end. Yeah. It, it, you know, the structure itself is really tight. It's a really tight structure with the two, with two defensemen on the post. And it feels, it feels truly like they're just really hard to, they're really compact in that slot area and really prevent shots from the, from the danger zones as, as Bruce Cash likes to say. And the structure itself really allows it to, it's a simple structure. It's just, it just feels, feels like, it just feels like it's really, really good for the Vegas Golden Knights given what they have personnel wise. Shea Theodore sustained a upper body injury against, against the Dallas Stars and he's probably out for a little bit. I mean they did they didn't know their initial diagnosis when they were last he, when he talked to the media on Saturday and he basically called up Kaden Korzak and I feel the injury is really really hurt the Golden Knights in the sense that Shea Theodore is probably their most dynamic offensive defenseman in a sense that he has a shot, he skates really well and he can make that stretch pass to really open up the offense. Our guest today, Kevin Carey's Grand Fury on Sports 1440, is Paul De Los Santos, uh, covers the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, for the Hockey News. Uh, so, Paul, uh, still kind of staying with the back end, you bring up a guy like Caden Korzak. Uh, what's, he, what's he added? I mean, he looked pretty good last night. Uh, and then is it just a case of a numbers game? Alec Martinez, is, is Korzak a guy that's kind of pushing for ice time, pushing for minutes, pushing for game? Not this season. I, I feel that Kenan Korzak understands that he is the eighth defenseman on this team, ninth defenseman. So it feels it feels like he's someone who is trying to push. I mean, I think the Vegas Golden Knights feel good about their defensive depth in the organization. That a guy like Kenan Korzak is kind of like someone who is not going to see where with ice time, and they have to send him down to Henderson every now and then just because you don't want him sitting down on the bench for too long. You want him to get games and get more experience. And, you know, it kind of makes them feel like as Martinez next year will be an interesting contract situation because his contract is up, coming up. So it will be interesting to see what Vegas does there, I mean, given the depth organization. So Kenny Korzak offers a lot in terms of offensive skill and just his game is developing. And I think that's the most important thing to notice about Kenny Korzak is that his skill, his offensive skill is going to complement his defensive um, abilities. Grant? Um are the Knights happy with the way Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson have played? I mean, they've got great numbers and they're winning hockey games. Are they playing as good as they did last year? Oh yeah, they. I, I feel I feel they are playing as well as they did last year. I mean, Aiden Hill, Aiden Hill, and Logan Thompson, outside of a few games here, don't give up a lot of goals right now. Their numbers, their numbers show it. I mean, they're they're happy with what they're getting, and especially with the seems like a true fifty fifty split right now because they keep alternating games. I mean. I would like back to back, you know, I expect Logan Thompson to be in the night. So it's it's good that they have this this goalie tandem that was playing well. The question is, is can they do it for a full season? I mean the thing is that neither guy has played a full season for the NHL yet. And but so far they've been happy with what they're getting from him because they're making the key stays, they're making the stops that when they need to. And it just feels like, you know, they're just continuing what they're doing from last year. Our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with our co-host Grant Fierce, Paul Delos Santos from the Hockey News. So, Paul, uh, how much do the 
I guess the Knights players, or even the fans for that matter, talk about last year's playoff series where the Golden Knights defeated the Oilers four games to two. And, and really, I think you could probably say it might have been the toughest series that the Golden Knights played. But how much do they talk about it? And how much do you think it goes into, say, a game like tonight, uh, a quarter way through the season? Well, I think it's more of a fan thing because the players have a players have a tendency to like the Golden Knights kind of tend to focus on what's ahead of them at the time, so they really don't look back too often. Um, they're they're kind of tunnel vision on this season and everything else, so they're going to focus on Edmonton Oilers as the opponent for tonight rather than look back on everything else. The fans, however, are going to look back at the series and be like, "That was a series that made us realize that we are going to win the Stanley Cup." Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the big thing that everyone, I think, a lot of people are saying is that if they get past Edmonton, matchup wise, they did, they didn't, they're they're good against either Dallas or Seattle, so they're going to make it to the final. And then they got a break, I think, having to play the Florida Panthers, who got through that Eastern Conference was it's a brutal conference in itself. But I think the fans are more. The fans are basically more putting a lot of emphasis on this game because they feel there's a rivalry with the Oilers, and that mm-hmm. you know even though the Oilers have been a little down this year, they still feel like they're a dangerous team, and they're and they and everything goes in the every storyline you could play: Jack Eichel versus Connor McDavid, the high-powered offense versus a good defense. It, it just it just seems to be a good matchup for fans, and they enjoy it. Hey Grant, would a team feel like that last year? Like, okay, in that series with the Oilers, Vegas goes, hey, we beat the Oilers, you know, four games to two. Now we know we, we can go all the way here. Does the team feel that at, yeah. at the time? I think so. I mean, we used to think if we got through Calgary that <laughs> we matched up great against everybody else. So it, it gives you that confidence. I think that's the biggest thing. When you're looking at a, a team that you're playing that, you're maybe not a hundred percent sure you can beat that when you do beat them, it gives you a lot of confidence going into the next series and you just seem to flow through a lot easier. So I I'm expecting that Vegas has done a great job as a defending Stanley cup champion where they've come out and they've played great hockey right out of the gate. So you can tell that they're focused on this year. Whereas the Oilers, it probably left a bitter taste in their mouth last year, losing to Vegas. So I think it's going to make for a pretty good hockey game. Yeah, we're looking forward to this one tonight for sure. Uh, Paul Della Santos with us, uh, Grant Fuhrer in uh, in uh, uh, Palm Desert, Kevin Carius in the uh, Sports fourteen forty studio. So, uh, Paul, in the sense of struggling to score goals, and we touched on that off the top of this interview. Um, guys like Mark Stone, um, Chandler Stevenson, just having trouble finding the back of the net right now. Can you put your finger on why? You know, I think it just it just feels like they're just not getting they're just not they're just not getting the bounces. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're just they're just not getting the they're not finishing. I mean, I watch them in practice; they finish all the time, and it's just it just feels like they're just not getting it in goal. I think it's just I think it's just one of those lulls that happen in the course of a season that mm-hmm. really feels like. Okay, we're not getting our goals. We're just we just gotta work harder to get to danger areas and kind of just get the get the get the good bounces, get the greasy one, and everything else. So I feel if they can get a couple goals tonight against Edmonton, I feel the confidence will slowly come back up because they're they might be gripping their stick a little too tight and trying to get an offensive goal, get their offense going a little bit. So you know when you press, you know you end up doing more. And I feel I feel it's just a self fulfilling prophecy right mm-hmm. now for the Golden Knights that. That they're trying, they're trying to score goals, but it's not coming together right now. You know, one of the hardest things to do is to repeat or 
you know, just continue to play well after you've, you've won a championship. And now, you know, the Golden Knights have the target on their back. Um, Bruce Cassidy has kind of said, we don't want to just be a one-year wonder here and win the cup. So uh, how have they kind of uh, used that as a motivational tool? And how do they kind of uh, recognize the fact that everyone has been gunning for them, Paul? Well, they use it as motivation in the sense that they now know what it takes. They now know what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. They now know it, what it feels like to get there, and they want to get back to that point. As for the motivation, they, there's no, as, as the team will say, there's no greater motivation than being the Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't need any motivation to do that. I mean, that is everyone's goal. That is what, what it's going to take. They know what it takes. And they really are pushing. They really have come into the season with the mindset that last year is done. Let's focus on this year and get the job done again this year. Let's not let's mm-hmm. not have this hangover and everything else. And it showed in their short, in those first ten games that that they really were focused on this season. And now we're now in the 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 drudges of the NHL regular season. So yeah. now it's kind of like the it feels it feels like now they're clearly focused and they've used the motivation to get past the the initial hangover that I think teams will face. But now they're now they're locked into just focusing on this season. So, uh, Grant, how did you guys, you know, winning all the consecutive cups and, and things like that in Edmonton? How did you guys reset, refocus uh, after you won going into the next year? And did you feel that yeah, that everyone was gunning for you? Yeah, you definitely realize that you're going to see everybody's best game, and it makes the regular season that much harder, is because you're not going to get an easy night. You're getting everybody's best, so from top to bottom, doesn't matter if it's the last place team, Mm -hmm. that last place team, it's their Stanley Cup playing against the defending champions, so you're going to see their best game, and you have to realize it's going to be a long, grinding season because you are seeing the best of everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Paul, thanks thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate your time this morning. Uh, Have fun enjoying uh, this game tonight because it should be a good one. We're really looking forward to it here in Edmonton. Thanks for your time, Paul. No problem. Thanks for having me. That is uh, Paul DeLosantis from the Hockey News covers the Vegas Golden Knights and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. You can head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. Plus, inquire about seasonal tire storage. Uh, Grant, we never touched on the fact that uh, uh, Patrick Kane signed with the Detroit uh, Red Wings tonight. What was your uh, take on that when you, you heard the news on that this morning? Uh, you know what? I'm a little surprised, but at the same time, not surprised. Uh, and Stevie Eisenman's trying to build a good squad there, and they need a little bit of offensive help. And the one thing Patrick Kane does extremely well is score goals. So he's going to help that club on the offensive side of things, and he gives them a little bit of veteran leadership as well. Mm-hmm. And you had uh, – did you ever have hip resurfacing surgery? No, my hips are good. I didn't butterfly enough to ruin my <laughs> hips, so the hips are good. I was thinking because I was going through it all, knee, shoulder, everything else, but I was thinking maybe you did oh, yeah. have the hip. I don't know. Yeah, no, replaced both knees, replaced one shoulder, had the other shoulder screwed in, but the hips are still normal. Oh, man, yeah. So, again, I, the, 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 I guess the complexity of this surgery, uh, he was playing through it last year in the playoffs with the New York Rangers, I, and I mean, I don't know be, because you you never had it, but I mean, I'm sure it's a, a situation where he's going to have to kind of, it's going to take him some time to kind of get up to speed after, you know, being off all this time. No, most definitely. Anytime you have surgery, it takes you a little bit of time to get up to speed and it takes you time to get confidence in it. I mm-hmm. think that's the other thing is, yeah, it feels better and such, but you still have to have confidence in it. And it's different just skating without getting hit. 
I mean, you're going to have to play some games, get hit a little bit to find the confidence in the hip. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick Kane will be one of our questions. Uh, are you in or are you out? And we're going to be doing that with Grant Fear right after the break. Uh, so stay with us. We've got some doozies that the Duke has assembled once again for are you in or are you out? That's coming up right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show with Grant Fear on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, and the Duke is really rocking it now. Really coming through. Uh, time now for are you in or are you out uh, with... Uh, Grant Fuhrer, and I guess this is our third time already, Grant, that we've done this, and uh, we're having some fun with it. So uh, the Duke has assembled five wicked points, counterpoints, and uh, you and I will go, are we in or are we out? So go ahead, Duke, let her fly. Figure the most convenient place to start following last night's abomination of a Monday (laughs) night football game would be in the NFL at the moment. The NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons with five and six. Uh, are the only team under 500 in a playoff spot, but with the Vikings at six and six, the Colts at six and five, uh, holding down the final spots in each respective conference. What I'm saying is that at the season's conclusion, there will be two teams to make the NFL playoffs with a record below 500. I'll go first, Grant, and you can go first on the second one. How does that sound? So, um, I'll say I am out on this. I think there will only be one team, and that would be the aforementioned. Either Atlanta Falcons or could be Tampa Bay. It could be, I guess it New could Orleans. even be New Orleans in that division. That division is so bad. It's the it's so abysmal. It stinks. That division. They have to get. They have to figure something out because the amount of teams that can really, I guess, push and be respectable for even an, not just to make the playoffs. If you make it, I think you have to have the expectation of getting at least one win. Those teams aren't even close to that. So I am going to go, I am out. There will not be two teams that make the NFL playoffs with a record of below 500. It'll only be one. Grant? Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. I'm out on that as well. I think that other than that division, everybody else is going to be above 500. There's just too many good football teams other than the one division. They're, somebody's going to have to be above 500 to win their division. One question for you, though, Grant. What if... Your Green Bay Packers um, sneak in at eight and nine. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to be eight and nine. If they're going to sneak in, it's going to have to be nine and eight. Okay, and that is kind of like with, you look. Sorry, Grant, with the with the seventeen game schedule now. That yeah, like you can't make it with a five hundred record, obviously, because mm-hmm. we've seen that plenty of times. Yeah. Teams get in right at five hundred, so the seventeen game uh, season puts a new wrinkle into it. Yeah, most definitely. And that's a division that you're going to have to be above 500 to get in anyway. I mean, there's enough good football teams in that division. Minnesota's playing well right now. Detroit's obviously playing extremely well. Uh, Green Bay's finally started to figure it out. So, yeah, you're going to have to be – you might have to be two or three games above 500 to make the playoffs. Moving back over to the NHL, we saw a – Uneven game on the score sheet, but a pretty even game on the penalty column last night between the Panthers and the Senators. 11 game misconducts handed out in total uh, at the end of the game. And a humorous moment from the bench where Anthony Stolar's Panthers backup goaltender sitting in the middle of the bench, handed a player stick as if he was about to go out and take the next face off. Took me back to uh, my minor league days where you had one goalie and if he would get ejected, somebody had to go into the room and strap the pads <laughs> on. So what I'm saying is that at the NHL level, you should be allowed to swap a player into goalie gear or vice versa, goalie into player gear if you get that shorthanded at the end of a game. <laughs> you know what? 
I would love to see it. Unfortunately, I don't think the NHL will ever allow that. I mean, for as much entertainment as it would be, I would I would love to have to see a player throw the goalie gear on and jump into the net. But with e-bugs now mm-hmm. and such, it'll never happen. The NHL won't let it happen. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Grant. I would love to see it as well. And and just on that point, like that would be a situation. Say you are you were playing and you were Anthony Stolars last night, and they said, you know what, hey, you know, can you take the pads off, throw some shin pads in, get out there? I mean, what would you have said? Oh, you'd love to have done it. <laughs> Go <laughs> line up on Gretzky's wing. Player. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, I was, it, it, it's a cool concept. Get where you're going, Duke, but I think you know where we're, we're at with it. So, but, but, so like okay. the question is not saying, do you think it would happen? It's saying, do you think it should be allowed? So, in theory, you guys are in on this. It's just uh, not a, a realistic <laughs> possibility in today's day and age. Cause we, we saw an e bug dressed again last night yeah. down in Calgary. We talked about it right off the top. Um, uh, the former, uh, Mount Royal, Royal Cougar in ACAC grant. This is, and he's 32 years yeah. old, Dustin Nickel. So, and I mean, we saw it here, Grant, too, with uh, Matt Berlin, uh, and he got into a game because yeah. the the game was a little out of hand, one sided, and he played uh, you know two three minutes against uh, uh, Chicago, I believe. So, uh, Matt Berlin, I think he went one for one. He's got a perfect one thousand percent save percentage. Yeah, you've seen it a few times. So, mm-hmm. I, with the powers that be, would never let it happen, but. <laughs> I would love to see it. It would uh, it would be entertaining. And uh, on the note of entertaining, uh, this day in 1975, Bobby Orr playing his final game with the Boston Bruins, um, the only defenseman in NHL history to win an Art Ross trophy. And with the current landscape of players like Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes up near the top of the scoring race, I'm saying that uh, before time is up, we will see another defenseman lead the NHL in scoring oh, at season's end? This is so hard. This is one of the hardest questions that you've come up with, Duke, because it's one of those instances. It's a, it's a situation where I would love to see it because I just love production from the back end and the blue line. We've, we're seeing with Quinn Hughes off to a phenomenal start. Uh, Kale McCarr uh, having a phenomenal start. Uh, 33 points for Hughes, 32 for McCarr. These guys have been just sensational, but... I am going to go with I am out on this. I don't think we're going to be able to see it only because there's so many talented players um, that are on the forward ranks in the NHL. Would love to see it, but I am out. I don't think we will see it. Grant? No, I agree. I think they're in the same boat as Koff was, where you just happen to have, oh, say, a guy like 99, Mario. Now you flip the script. You've got Connor McDavid. You've got Austin Matthews. I, mean, I just don't see it happening just because there's so many good forwards that are offensively driven. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Grant, if you even look at it on the, I think, all-time points for defensemen between Koff and uh, Raymond Bork, they're so far ahead of, of guys that are still active like Kale McCarr. And I guess you could put kind of Quinn Hughes into this category, but I don't think that they can even catch those guys. I mean, have you ever? Do you, do you would you agree with that? Do you think that's a fair assessment too? Yeah, I mean they they've got to be good for another twelve to fourteen years. Mm-hmm. So to try and keep that production and with the ebbs and flows of the game, you're going to run into another flow of eventually it's going to become defensive hockey again. Yeah, just because that's the way the game seems to go. I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, final one from the no. NHL. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
What? Well, here I thought you were going no, final one. Find a final one from okay. the NHL G's cap. I'm all I'm over me this Duke. morning. Helping you out, Duke. <laughs> the the news coming: Patrick Kane signing with the Detroit Red Wings uh, this morning. Kane last season, while battling that hip injury that he needed surgery on, had 57 points in 73 games split between the Blackhawks and Rangers. Once returning to action, he will produce at a point-per-game pace with the Detroit Red Wings. I'll let you tackle this one first, Grant. Go ahead. Uh, For as much as I would like to see him produce a point a game, I think he's going to be just under a point a game. And I don't think he's got the veteran guys around him. And again, it's going to take him probably 10 games to get comfortable after having hip surgery and trying to find some confidence in it. So he's going to be just under a point a game. Well, we had Frank Saravalli on a little earlier, Grant, and he said that he will be over a point a game. So I'm going to go, I'm going to agree with you because anytime I can disagree with Frank, it's a bonus for me. So I will say that he will be under a point a game as well. I agree in the sense, too, that he doesn't have maybe as much star power in uh, Detroit as he had in New York. But the other thing, too, is that they did kind of bust up the top line in Detroit. So they'll probably have to bring it with Kane as well, uh, just like they had in Chicago. So we'll uh, see exactly where that shakes down. But I'll, I'll agree with you, Grant, only because you're in the Hall of Fame and Frank isn't. How's that sound? <laughs> All righty. Final question. Away from the world of sports, uh, we talked about the wrap-up of Thanksgiving weekend yesterday and how it's now appropriate, according to Kevin and Lorianne, to uh, indulge in the Christmas music and all the festivities that follow. But yesterday was Cyber Monday, a new staple on the calendar every year. And in the year 2023, the online route is the only acceptable way to do your Christmas shopping. Well, you know what, Duke? I am so out on this, it's not even funny. First of all, I've never bought anything online. I've never bought one thing online. Is that ever. because you don't want to or you don't, don't know, know how, how to? Yeah. Don't know how. It's an, it's an ineptitude thing yeah. with you. So I don't care about online shopping. I I think they should get rid of it. I want to go into the store. In fact, here I went yesterday. I had to buy something for the baker. And I bought something for her and the guy said, well, we don't have that here, but you can order it online. I go, what, why, would I, why would I come here? If I could have ordered it online, you said you had it here. And anyway, I don't want to get into the, 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 all that, but <laughs> I, I can't stand that stuff. I'd rather you want to go and especially at the Christmas season, you go to the store, you go and enjoy the, 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 the Christmas carols are on, the hymns are on. You got all the, the atmosphere. You Duke, you're looking out the window here our, in our sports uh, 1440 studios. They're hauling out decorations still that are in storage and you're going, this is a beautiful place to be. You're looking at all the lights hanging down. You go to the, the ice district. Uh, it's beautiful. Go to the ice palace here. You've got the lights hanging down, all the decorations. You've got the, the atmosphere. What atmosphere, what joy do you get out of ordering something online? You Sorry, avoid, Grant, I'm sort of venting on this you one. You avoid the zoo. <laughs> yeah. that like We're at the mecca of it here, West yes. Edmonton Mall. I'm glad that we get here so early because it does not affect me getting my parking spot. But I I feel bad for Declan, Freddy Krueger, Connor Halley, Gregor. Low There's tide. lots by of the parking. T- by the time they get here, this place is already swamped in the middle of the week. Yeah, there's lots of parking outside. Okay, well, now we've we've kind of kind of hogged it all for you, Grant. But I don't know. Go ahead. 
Uh, you know what? There's some things I don't mind ordering online, but I usually do all my Christmas shopping in person. And I'm still kind of old school, oh, touch feel. Yeah. I want to see what it looks like. But uh, there's certain things that I'll order online. If it's golf equipment, yeah, grips or something, I'll mm-hmm. order online. Okay. It's hard to screw up a grip. But at the same time, I still like to touch, feel, see it. And I still like going into the stores to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See, that you and I are old school. The Duke, he wants everything easy. Press a button and it's on your doorstep tomorrow. To, to be honest with you, Kevin, I, I do not do a lot of online. Right. I don't do a lot of shopping of anything in general. I mean, I'm, uh, I live a pretty simple life. But, like, I bought a new TV last week. I went to the store, pulled Did- it off the shelf by myself, like, Good by hand you. and rolled it up to the front. Um, same thing. I could have ordered it online, had it even delivered to my house, but instead I single-handedly manned this uh, 65-inch TV down the stairs into the, uh, into the basement. So Did, so was that on Black Friday you bought it? I bought it earlier in the oh, week, okay. but it was Black, Black Friday, Friday sale, sale, and the, uh, they kind of honor the price uh, throughout the course of the holiday season. So the key is that when they do that, you actually still have to check the prices because if they do lower it again, you can go in and get uh, some money back. But if you don't check, you'll never know if you're uh, actually got the best deal or not. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm glad you and I are on the same page, Grant. Love it. Well, the only time would be the closer it gets to Christmas, the more fun those guys are going to have trying to find a parking spot at West End. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> you know what? I actually, we had uh, uh, Reed Clark send some old pictures of you guys. Do you remember the when you first started doing the the autograph signing here, and there was a Cadbury um, photos? They were all sort of a Cadbury thing. Do you remember anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so, I remember. I remember the circus it used to be. <laughs> you guys took a bus though over, didn't you? Um, I think the first year we did, because otherwise you'd never get out of there. Yeah. Well, the exactly. Yeah. Well, we're going to have one of your old uh, teammates on, Ronnie Lowe, and you guys stayed in touch over the years, obviously. Oh, no, we've played a bunch of golf together the last few years, and we've definitely stayed in touch. When's the last time you got together? Because I, I think he just had his hip done, right, a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw him up at Red Deer at the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament. All right. Well, Ron Lowe will uh, guess with us at 10 o'clock, old teammate and uh, former uh, oiler, former Oilers coach. Uh, that's coming up at uh, the top of the hour. It's Carius, it's Fuhrer on Sports 1440. Uh, right before Ronnie Lowe at the top of the hour. Time now for a Sports 1440 update with the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas.